Records. I'd like to call up a friend of mine, him and his wife. I'd like to introduce them both to you, Henny and Rita Cater. They were part of Cornerstone for many years, and it's a wonderful privilege this morning to have Henny come and minister to us this morning and to share with us. Uh, this man in 1988, I met him at a petrol station between Johannesburg and Pretoria uh, at 2 o'clock in the morning. And for the next three weeks, we traveled from South Africa all the way up to Nairobi and back, stopping in every country along the way at every church that we could possibly find, meet, that we had connections with, and we shared the love of Christ with. And out of that friendship and out of that journey, a friendship has developed over the years where I've got to love the nations. And I'm trusting this morning that as you hear from Henny this morning, as he ministers God's word, as you just allow your hearts to receive what God has to say, that the nations will become real to you, that the nations will become an opportunity for you to see God's kingdom being administered and grow and just flourish. And so it's really wonderful to have Henny with him. With him this morning is Richard uh, Pringle too, uh, from Riverflow Church, uh, from Port Shepston. So it's really great to have them. I see Richard, you're going to stay seated down there. That's fine. But... Um, it really is wonderful to have you guys here. We, we know that you are part of the family. You were here for a few years, and then you went down to Port Shepston. You tried a little bit of farming and a bit of ministry. I think the ministry is still doing a lot better than the farming because God's hand's always on him. But it really is wonderful this morning. So I just trust that you will open up your hearts to him and hear what he has to say. May I pray for you? Lord, we just thank you for this man. We thank you for Henny. We thank you, Lord, for how you've worked in his life, Lord. We thank you, Lord, how you've led him and guided him from an early age, Father God, a man that has many exploits, Father God. And uh, for those here, yeah, Lord, they don't even know what this man's been through, but you know, Lord, how you've watched over him, you've protected him from car crashes, from airplane crashes, from being held before a firing squad in, in Sudan, Lord. There's so many testimonies that this man could share that, I know that he would not tell of today, but it would only be right that people know that this man is a brave fighter for the kingdom of God, a man who's not shy to face somebody in the eyes and to tell them of what God really means, of the love of Christ, of salvation, of what it is to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, Lord. So I just pray, Lord, as he ministers from your word this morning, Lord, that our hearts would be edified, that our hearts would be encouraged, and Lord, that we, Father God, would continue to pursue you with all of our hearts, just as we've seen it so evident in Henny and Rita's life and in their family and those who they've had an influence over, Lord. We just thank you for him right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, Andrew. Hey, it's difficult to come and to talk when this guy becomes emotional and just now I start crying with him. Uh, yeah, I remember on that trip that Andrew came, we were together... Um, we ended up we, uh, we've, in, the, in the work in Malawi, we've at that point of time had gone through a lot of turmoil and uh, we came to one place on the northern part of Malawi called Kasungu and that night I was busy preaching and they started stoning us. <laughs> and, but Andrew, they were introduced into that. And, but you know, we, uh, over the years, have had the opportunity to walk together and we give God all the glory for that. So, yeah, this morning as we, uh, as I come and share the word of God with you, I trust that God will just come and just impart 
his heart to us and that something will, will really take into, you know, happen to each one of us, that our hearts will be stirred afresh to the Great Commission and that which God wants to do in and through every one of us. I really feel that today is, excuse me, is a day of celebration. It's a, it's a day of celebration in the life of this church as believers. I really believe that God wants to come and just to remind us afresh of what he wants to do. And for me, um, Johannesburg, I've got lots of memories because as a young person, I, I started off in Malvern and a Bible college and in the, I think it was around about 88, no, sorry, 80, 78, um, I met up with Marcus Nadell. And uh, Adele was still young at that stage. And, uh, and, and they are my best friends. And um, it was out of that that we started becoming friends. And then for a season, we, um, we lost contact with each other. And, we, and uh, we all went different journeys. And we met up as we all came back and we started walking together with New Covenant Ministries. And that's how we started off. And uh, so with Cornerstone, we, uh, we've had a long, long history with you, uh, where God has just been so grateful to us in the things that we've been doing together. Um, all the outreaches, I will never remember. I don't know where Barry is now, but I remember Barry. And with all the teams that used to go out, on all these trips, you remember Andrew, and the, some of the guys who are, are on different, have gone into church plants all over, all over the world. And um, so Cornerstone, um, you know, I look back at Cornerstone and I look at Cornerstone today. Um, people who've embraced the nations, who've actually have led by example. So I really commend you guys for that. And just the fact with Marcus Nadell, they're not here today. Marcus, once again, is out there in the nations. God bless them for where they are. But um, we are here from River Life in uh, KZN. And uh, there's Andrew here. There's my wife, Rita. And um, together, we have, we've almost like we're in a new season. And we're excited about this. Either, right, she's not lost, but she's, she's first. But what did I say? Yeah. Richard, yeah, man. <laughs> That's from the peanut gal gallery coming. But, but, you know, just like this morning, just meditating on this thought, you know, when I think of Cornerstone as a church, uh, in, in 2 Samuel 23, there's a record of David's mighty men. And um, there's, you read a little bit later on there about one of the guys who stood out there, his name was Shema, and uh, he stood his ground in the midst of a battle, and there was a little lentil patch that he protected, and he fought so hard that his heart, his hand and the sword became one, and uh, that's the way that I picture this church. You've been standing your ground on this lentil patch that God has given you, you've been running this race, and uh, and I really commend you for this, but there's still so much that God wants to do through us. So, and the message that I, I would like to share with you, and I really believe the season that we're in, that we hear and understand the heart of God, what God really wants to do, because there's much, much more that's ahead of us. So just it's, 
still be counting for God, regardless of how old you are. The end is not yet. The end is only over when we meet up with our Savior in eternity. So there's much work that needs to be done. In Ephesians 3, 7, this is what Paul could say. This is what in my heart I say. I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace. We have become servants of this gospel. And here comes Paul and reminds us in 1 Corinthians 15. And he said, and when we arrived here a few days ago, it was this thing that was just, it's burned in my heart that God wants to remind us anew, afresh of this gospel. For us to understand really what this gospel is all about. I, 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 re, I ask myself all the time, um, every stage of my life, I said, God, what is your purpose for my life? Is there something new that you've got for me? And we as believers, we need to be asking ourselves that question all the time. God, what are you saying for me? Vicky, it's good to see you here. <laughs> Wonderful. But what is God saying to us? Is there, what is the purpose for God for my life? And um, so it is, it's God's purpose for my life. And I know that we do have dreams, but it is, it is His purpose. And, and the way to that is we need to dedicate ourselves to Him in this way. If it is something else, we'll end up with a life not like what we've become. If we, if we do not understand what is God's purpose for my life, I end up with this life and I look back at this and I say, you know what, I've wasted so many years. There's, there is no time to waste with this. If it's something else, that's what we'll end up be become. And, and with this, the process of this, it will become harder and harder to hear the voice of God. If, if we forfeit that, not hearing what God is saying for us, eventually it becomes more difficult to get back to that place. So as we dedicate ourselves to him, just the following things, and I feel this is so true of Cornerstone, we fight for each other. And I've seen that in the life of this church. We fight for each other. We understand what it is like to be co-laborers in that which God has called us to. We fight for the mission. We fight for our share, our share of the future. And we hear what God is saying for the season. What is God saying to us here? Cornerstone, what is God saying to you for the season that you're in? We hear God for the community. You know, out of this church, if I think of how many church plants have gone from here, how many uh, sites have opened up, and yet I look at all of this this morning, I say, praise God. The kingdom of God is advancing. We hear God for the community. And then finally, we hear God for the nation. What is God saying for us? New territories that we need to get into. This morning, I trust, in my heart I say, God, last night we were at a meeting and two ladies came forward and they accepted Jesus. But with such, you know, such conviction, I say, God, we're coming into a season where He's calling everyone. If you are hungry, if you're searching, then today you're in the right place. God wants to meet with you. I pray that there's going to be people who will turn to Jesus this morning, that we'll be able to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to us in the midst of what is happening. So we start off by reading in Matthew chapter 7 from verse 7, sorry, Matthew chapter 10, verse 7 to verse 8. <coughs> 
as you go, preach this message. The kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely you've been given, freely, uh, freely you've received, freely given. Um, so this is the, the word that comes to us, and this must be part of our journey. Constantly, we need to be reminded of this scripture. Go out in, and this is what we're supposed to do as believers. We can hear all sorts of fancy sermons, but this is it. This is what it, this is all, all about. We need to go out with this message. Um, Oswald Smith said this, we talk about the second coming while half of the world has never heard of about the first coming. So if it's in the light of this, when we, we talk about Jesus coming back again, but there are multitudes of people who've never heard about the first coming. So for us, we go with this message burning in our heart, the kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, and I, I can give you testimonies of that with every one of these that we mentioned here. Raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. And maybe the last one, just quickly. I remember, return myself, we were, uh, she was just, we, we were just got married and we ended up in Swaziland and we were in this little meeting and they, you know, there's just one, one door and it's right at the back and we, we in front, I was busy preaching and the next moment, the, pre, the, the whole thing, the, the atmosphere just changed. A man came in from the back through the door and he had a panga in his hand and it, there were some little children in front, in front he was com, coming to chop them all up. And he was charging towards the front, and I realized, you know what? You, you quickly see a church empty when there's something like that happen. People couldn't find their way quick enough out through that door. But now we're stuck in front, and this man came, and I knew this one thing. It was, we are here for a purpose. It is God who ordained us and called us to be here to preach this message. And in the name of Jesus, that man, it was, if you watch the, the rugby matches yesterday, it had no patch on that, what that man went through. Because he came and he came diving in with his head into the, into the, into the stage. And as he came around, he was completely changed. That is what God can do. God wants to, God wants to come in such a powerful way and he wants to reveal himself. Now, just a couple of things that I feel that will be helpful for us to understand just really, if we're gonna keep on running this race, when we have those encounters with God, God wants to meet with us, he wants to speak to us, but when God does speak to us in such a way, and we know that it is, it is in such a powerful way, when he reveals himself to us, a lady came through here and she testified this morning how God just undertook for them in their business. But when we do have those encounters with God, the question is, where does, that, where does that water flow? You know, is it just about you? Or is it about the reason, the, the fact why we are here? Are people gonna be impacted with what has happened in my life? Um, when, when people come and we understand this, that there are nations, there are people who are hungry, who are desperate for God. And when we go through those difficult times, and all of us, we do go through those difficult times, but as we go through those difficult times, where does the water flow? Now, I've made a little note here. I said, the darkest moment in a person's life 
is actually the greatest moment. It, you don't want to hear this, but it's true. The darkest moment that I go through can become my greatest moment, the greatest you know, opportunity for victory. We, we were on our way once um, to Malawi, and just before this happened, God gave us, uh, my parents had gave us, Rita and myself, our, our inheritance, and with that, we bought a piece of land in Malawi next to the airport, and we started building, at a, it was about a 3,000-seater building with an orphanage. I had a passion, always a desire for orphans to look after them. And a couple of days before the actual opening of that, um, we lost everything. And I was devastated by this. I remember, I think Cornerstone also had a, had a great deal, and they helped us through this at the, at the time, but we, I was traveling, we, we were traveling that night. I was praying, I said, God, I don't know why this has happened. And we, had, we were involved in the outreach ministry called Africa for Christ. And, and it was so clear during the course of that night, God spoke to me and said, this is not, I've allowed this to happen. Because if this has not happened, that which I want to do through you would die up in this part of this region of Africa. I've got bigger things for you. It's not going to be called Africa for Christ anymore. It's going to be called all nations. From here on, I'm going to thrust you out into the nations. But it was the darkest moment. How it all came about, it, it is just one big miracle. But let me tell you this. When we go through those darkest moments, instead of becoming discouraged and despondent, rather just say, God, in this, what are you saying to me? I want to take this and it can become my biggest opportunity into greater things that God has for me. So that's the first thing. When, the, when God starts moving in our lives and things happen, where is that water going to flow? Is it going to impact the people that surround us or that, that which God has called us? And the next thing, God wants us to turn our attitude, the attitude out of our heart to see what he can do. It's not what we can do, just for us understand what God can do. When he gave us this commission, go ye therefore and heal the sick, raise the dead, freely you've received, freely give. So, you know, if that, if that is not possible, if we, still, if we still think of this, you know, what is going to be in it for me? How... But what is God going to do in this situation? God will not abandon me in dryness. God is not going to just dump you there, but God has got bigger things for you. We had a number of years ago, about maybe three, four years ago, I had to go for a knee operation. And uh, I thought it was just straightforward. But then during the operation, I ended up with a super bug. And I ended up in intensive care. And I remember the last day, every day was getting weaker and weaker. And my daughter and Rita came. Marie came from Cape Town and Rita, they were there at, the, at my bed. And I was busy dying. And, and I, I thought to myself, I don't want to see, I don't want my Rita and Marie to be here when I die. So I asked them to leave. And they, they didn't want to, but they left. And um, I turned to, on my side, and um, here comes a Muslim doctor. And he put his hand on my shoulder, but I just cried out and said, God, I'm busy, I, I, I'm, I'm coming home. I've, I've had enough of this. 
And he put his hand on my shoulder and he said, I'm here and I'm going to look after you. But at that point of time, something happened inside of me. I cried out to God and I said, God, this moment that I'm in, you're in control. But I remember there was a sister at my bed. And I said to the sister, just unplug me. There were all sorts of wires on me. Just unplug me from all of this. And she didn't want to do it. And I said, just call the sister in charge. And they, she came and I eventually, they, they said, but we're going to lose our jobs if we do this. I said, but this is my body. If you don't unplug me, I'll unplug me myself. So they unplugged me. And I don't know how it happened. All I remember is I managed to get my crutches. I got off from the bed. I had the crutches and I managed to work my way to the bathroom. I got into the shower and the next moment God touched me and I was healed. It, it, was, it was just incredible what God can do. And I, I believe that for us, when we do go through those moments, it is what God wants to do for you. And this morning, as you seated here, it's just for that thing to, to burn in our hearts afresh. What God can do for me in my situation, we are facing those dry moments, those difficult moments, but God is saying to you this morning, if you were to take me at your word, see what I will do, because I'm the God of the miraculous, I'm the God of the impossible, I will do what no man can do. And that is something that we really need, can, can embrace. Next thing, I, you know, just on that, it's because my heart, I know that, I can cry at myself, I know that my God is bigger. God is bigger than all the things that I'm facing. And then also, we need to see the richness, the richness of this moment, this, where we're in, right at this point of time. Don't look at the negative. Look at the moment that we're in and what God can do in and through you. We, we are here for a purpose. Cornerstone, you are here for a purpose. There are much more that God want, do, want to do. We have been assigned by the King of Kings. This is quote, if, we, if, if we've been commissioned by an earthly king and we consider it an honor, how can a commission by the heavenly king be considered a sacrifice? <laughs> we think, you know, if we were to be commissioned by someone's you know, a great person, it will be a great honor. But we have been commissioned by the King of Kings, by God himself. God has come into our lives and we've got this commission. And if we were to take God at his word this morning, we'll be amazed to see what God can do through us. You know, they said that history repeats itself because it has no one to listen to it. And listen, this is the message I feel really on my heart for us this morning. You know, if we were to take one step back in history, we see the people of Israel when they were still in Egypt. And here comes God after 400 years of slavery. And God comes in such a miraculous way and he delivered them. And what they, what they had, what they seen there, they, they, they experienced God. And eventually they... They lost it and they started worshiping idols. But they experienced the miraculous. But they've forgotten this. Now, how can we, you know, so often what God has done in our lives, forget where we've come from, what God can do. The, 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 the reason, the, the quickest way this can happen to us is when we stop 
to talk about what God is doing. Because for them, they've forgotten. They've, they've forgotten that it was the God who gave them manna from heaven. It was God who caused, who, 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 they, they had the, the, all the miracles in Egypt. Day after day, they, they could experience the hand of God in their lives. It was God who parted the Red Sea. Now they came into Jordan, and quickly, when the first obstacle came, they, they started to murmur. If we look at the early church in the book of Acts, where they raised the dead, the lepers were cleansed, the Holy Spirit was outpoured on the day of Pentecost, and we look at the church today, and we say, what has actually gone wrong? Why is the church not where it's supposed to be? It's when we talk, and listen, we talk about what God is doing less and less. As believers, you know where you've come from. You know what God is doing. But the problem is this. We don't talk about what God has done in our lives. We do not give glory to what God is doing and what he can still do. And it's because of that, that less and less we start to drift away and we're not, it's not according to the plumb line, plumb line of truth anymore, we start to drift away from this. Yeah. And we end up with a religion, without, with a religion without the power of God. We ended up with something, a life that we, we don't like to live anymore. Like Israel, they fall into idolatry. I don't know what we call it today, it's, it's, it, but it's still come down to the same form of idolatry because we have forgotten what God wants to do in our lives. We cannot lose heart of what God wants to do. God wants to invade, and he wants to come, and he, will, he wants to show us that he's still the God of the impossible. Also, that which God has invested in you. We all sit here, we say, I'm a believer. I, my life belongs to Jesus. Now, as a believer, God has invested talents into your life gifts that God has given you. But those gifts, and you might not like this, it's like the sails of the boat in a harbor. It's like you see this, this beautiful boat, sails and everything, it's complete. It sits in the harbor. But you know what? It just sits there and that those sails are useless. It means nothing. The gifts that God has installed in you, it can be like that boat in the harbor. It's useless without the wind of the Holy Spirit. It's, it, you sit there and unless we do something about this, it is the wind of the Holy Spirit that need to come on our lives again. It's the breath of God that's on our talents. And if we were to sit this, stand up this morning and say, God, that which you've given me, the talents that I've got, what have we been doing with that? That which God has invested in your life, how much of that is actually the fruit of that we can see out there? People's lives have been touched. If, and serious, I, I believe that for us, it's when we come to that place and we say, God, for long enough, I've just been sitting here, I've been doing nothing. I'm gonna allow the Holy Spirit to come and work in my life in such a way that the wind of your spirit will blow afresh on those talents and that I will become alive again. And I, I believe that at the end of this meeting, there will be an opportunity like this. It is the breath of God that will once again cause us to become part of shaping history, making history in this life. Now, 
My challenge to us is, we cannot allow ourselves to drift. If, if, we, if we've got all these talents, the giftings that God has got, and we allow ourselves to drift, li- listen to this verse of scripture in Isaiah 33 verse 23. It says, your, just go to your Bible and see what it says there. It says, your rigging hangs loose. It's, it's about, it's like a ship. It says, your rigging hangs loose. Your mast is not held secure. Your sails are not spread. <laughs> it's like the talents are there. But I think the most dangerous thing for, uh, for a skipper on a boat is when you come onto the deck and you see that all sorts of things are just lying around there. Sometimes that is what our lives, our, the Christian life looks like. It's like the ship and the rigging hangs loose. That's what this, this verse is all about. But when it says your rigging hangs loose, there are five things that you can interpret this, ways that you can interpret this. Um, first of all, when it says your rigging hangs loose, it is you become shipwrecked. We, as believers, with that which God has invested in, into us, it's, it's like we will allow ourselves and we will become shipwrecked. The second thing is, it is like a river leaving its banks. Um, we've had a lot of rain in KZN. And I remember on the farm, we had, I think in, in, in Port Shepson itself, we had at, once, at one place, we had something like 600 millimeters of rain in maybe three days. And we had close to 500 on the farm, but I've got a little stream that runs through the farm. I arrived there the one day, and my road is no longer there. It's now a river. The, whole, the river just left its bank, and that is what our lives as believers look like. It's like when we allow ourselves to drift, and we drift away from what God has called us to, it will become like a river that has left its bank. It's just running wild. And another interpretation to that verse of Scripture it is like a ring that slips off its finger, off your finger. A friend of mine, we were traveling once, we were going towards Sudan, and he sat there in his vehicle, in the vehicle, and he was playing with his ring. <laughs> and he was just playing with the ring, and the next mate was dark in the vehicle this night, and we were traveling, and the ring slipped off his finger and fell into a place where he couldn't find it, into a little hole. But just, just the expression of his faith, the horror, that he's lost his ring. Feel that for some of us here. It's like the ring that is slipped off the finger. Marriages, people in their lives. Don't allow that. Today you can stop that in Jesus' name. If that ring has been slipping off your finger, God wants to come and bring restoration. If the gifts that God has given you, if the wind of the Holy Spirit is not blowing there anymore, God wants to bring restoration. Another interpretation to that verse is from, it's when you see something that is slipping away, it's just drifting away from you, and there's nothing you can do about this. You You want to actually just bring that thing back to life again, but you cannot do it. And that is what this is all about. You can see this thing slipping away or drifting away from you. But God is saying, I can do something about this. Another interpretation to this is when, um, it's when food goes down the wrong f- little food channel. Uh, I, I like to express this maybe in a better way. Afrikaans have got no, it's, you can understand it. 
Jy het een wind geslik, man. You, you know what is that? <laughs> you, you, have you seen someone who's busy choking? It's not, it's not a nice sight, but they battle. You know, for many of us, we like that. Food has gone down the wrong, wing, the wrong food channel. And now you sit there and you are, you are battling. Spiritually, you have become so frustrated with the people around you, you've become so frustrated, even in with the church. You've swallowed a wind, or you ate a winterslick. You know what? In all fairness, build the bridge and get over it as quick as possible. If you're offended with people this morning, if you're offended with the church, and if you feel that this is not the place to be, you know what? Don't go to the next church, because if you want to find the perfect church, don't go there because you'll mess it up. And really. Uh, this morning, God is saying to all of us that we need to come to that place. Um, if we look at that which God has given us, what God has invested in us, then we cannot allow these things to actually become a distraction. It's time for us to become and say, God, I take responsibility over this and I'm coming back to this. Just as we draw to a close, we need the favor of God in our lives. We need to see the open doors that God has placed before us. As a believer this morning, just pause there and think of what God wants you to do here and locally and translocally, what God has given you to do. We need to stand up and be counted for God. And yes, some of those challenges, we, we, we stand before them and we tremble. I remember, in closing, I'll just give you this one little story. We, we were up in Sudan, and I've been there for, for at least 18 years, working with, this, with the Sudanese gov government as well. And on this one particular trip, the, uh, there was a price out on, on, uh, on my head. And the guy who was, the, the, the one who was actually instigated all of this, um, they managed to court him and he was in prison. But we just happened to be in the area, in that region, at that point of time, and when they heard I was there, there was this court case and I was summoned to court. And as, we arrived, as I arrived at this court, there's, there's this judge. The judge stood there and I'm standing there and I, there lots of people, lot of, a lot of the activity in this court case. And the, the judge looked at me and he said, how come are you still here? Um, the, that the person that is, that is in prison, you should be in prison with him. And, and he said, without, without even judging the case, I was sentenced to prison. I thought, I, I wasn't even given an opportunity to, to defend myself. And I said to him, you know, just excuse me, just one little thing here. Before, you, before I go to prison, I, I gladly I'll go to prison, but just hear me out. Um, when I've been here for 18 years, and the president of the country has asked me to, to actually to be here and to do what we're doing at the moment. And during these 18 years, I never saw you. Where, where were you? Now you're the judge. But just remember this one thing. You're gonna come before, you've judged me for something that I feel I'm innocent of, but one day, you're gonna stand before the judge of all creation, and you're gonna give account to this day because you've judged me and you've sentenced me to prison. And at that point of time, this, this judge, 
became, the fear of God gripped him and he quickly said, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I withdraw the case. I said, no, no, it's not a matter of you withdrawing the case, dismiss the court, because you and me, we need to talk still. <laughs> so they all left and it was just me and the judge and a couple of other people and I started giving, giving him the gospel. But God broke in at that point of time. I want to say to you this day, when God comes into your life, there's gonna be opportunities that's gonna be so overwhelming that God wants to come and you're gonna stand strong because we see that in scripture, with people who stood up, they stood tall for God because they believed in what God called them to do. So you stand up, take God at his word. No, when we stand before all these challenges, we stand before sickness, we stand before difficulties, you name it, whatever you are facing today, in the name of Jesus, God can come and he can bring victory for you. You know, there was a story of Napoleon many years ago. He pointed in the direction of, of China and he said, there lies a sleeping giant, don't wake them up because if they wake up, we will be in trouble. That was Napoleon many years ago. And we know where China is today and what God is doing there. But for us, it's a devil looking at us and he's pointing a finger. He's saying, this is a sleeping giant. If I can just keep them in the harbor with the sails just not set, then it will be great. But the moment they, the Holy Spirit comes, his kingdom will be in trouble. And God is calling us this morning to arise again. It is, we today, we own, we own people more than a message. God, we need an encounter with God. We need God to come this morning and to break in among us. I pray that this morning, forget about maybe the way that we've done it in the past. But this morning, if God is moving in your heart, everything that I've said here, and as we begin, God came and he gave us a word. As you go, you preach this message. As you go this morning, and you've heard this message, you respond. In my heart, we have come into a season, I believe as a nation, as a people, we've come into a season where God wants to do a new thing. And that thing can start here with you this morning if we respond. So if you don't mind, if we, uh, could I just go ahead, Barry, Andrew, just, I really feel that for us, if where you seated, if, we, if you don't mind, just to close your eyes, and we're gonna just call out to the name of our king. Even there on the balcony, God wants to, God is doing business with every one of us here. God is speaking to us. I pray, oh God, that you will just come. Oh God, that your Holy Spirit will just fall on us afresh. Oh God, that you will just come and blow wind into our sails, that you will bring back to life that which is dead. Father, this morning, even if we, there are those who feel, I need Jesus in my life, I respond to you. Listen, while every eye is closed, if you have never heard, you, you are longing to meet with this Jesus, 
Don't worry about the people who sit here. If you need Jesus, you will stand up right where you are and come and join me in front. If you want Jesus to come into your life, we give, we're just gonna give a few moments just to be quiet. Don't worry about the person next to you, but you respond to God. Father, I thank you. Thank you that for what you are doing. If there's anyone here, please do just come forward right now. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus.